Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Time now for Why It Matters. And this morning, we're talking about Singapore companies and how they're looking for ways, always looking for ways to expand their horizons beyond Southeast Asia. Today, the country we look at is Africa. Indeed, now that the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement has come into effect, there is even more good reason for Singapore companies to consider Africa as part of their growth strategy. The agreement actually provides Singapore enterprises in Africa with the opportunity to diversify their trade and investment mix and confidently sell their services and products in over 50 countries across Africa without paying tariffs on their products multiple times over. So it does sound like a good opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah, so why does it matter? On the line with us this morning is G. Jayakrishnan, who is Global Markets Executive Director, Middle East and Africa, Central Asia and Central and Eastern Europe Enterprise Singapore. Jaya, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, Elliot. Thank you. Very good to speak with you today. I suppose we ought to start off by getting a bit of context. What is Singapore's footprint in Africa? Could you give us an overview? Certainly. Singapore has been pretty active, or Singapore firms have been pretty active in Africa over the last few years. Just to give you a sense, we are, Singapore is now amongst the top 10 investors in Africa. We have about 100 companies, just over 100 companies operating present in Africa. And this is up from about 60 plus just about five years ago. So there's been good increase. On the trade front, the Volume of trade, bilateral trade, has been growing at about a compounded rate of about 8% over the last five years. So overall, the trajectory looks pretty positive. Could you talk more about the priorities for different parts of the continent? Obviously, it's a vast continent with different needs across the board. Yeah, you're right. You know, Africa, as, as Elliot mentioned, it's a continent and there are over 50 countries. So the various sub-regions are at different points in their development cycle. Some are further ahead, some are, are you know, playing catch-up. But I think across the board, we can see several commonalities, or development uh, priorities that they have. Firstly, and, and these also translate, these, these challenges also translate into opportunities for Singapore companies. So let me just pick up on three of these areas that, that we think uh, at Enterprise Singapore that we think present the opportunities to Singapore companies. First off is really the digital economy. Now, Africa has had the benefit of not having too many legacy systems, IT systems, infrastructure systems, and they've been able to leapfrog quite a bit. So in the digital economy, opportunities exist in fintech, in education technology, health tech, and these are the areas, in fact, where we have seen Singapore companies make the biggest breakthroughs over the last couple of years. Just this year, we, more than 50% of the projects that Enterprise Singapore has facilitated has actually been in the area of the digital economy. And what's also boosting this is the extremely high regard that the Africans have for technologies that are being developed and exported out of Singapore. The second area that you can see kind of common requ- requirements across Africa, and, and Bharati, you mentioned this just now, it's really in manufacturing. Now, the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement has, has, has created a massive opportunity for manufacturing. Today, 
only about 17% of African exports are actually intracontinental. That means they are exported to other African countries. This compares you know, with 50, 60% in Asia and almost 70% in, in Europe. Now, what the, the Continental Free Trade Agreement will do now is really to encourage and facilitate manufacturers to produce in Africa for Africa. So manufacturers from Singapore and from the rest of the world, actually, uh, in areas such as fast-moving consumer goods, electronics, and, of course, pharmaceuticals these days, uh, will find it very attractive to be in Africa and producing uh, for the market itself. And and finally, I think we have to mention the whole area around sustainability and sustainable development. Africa's energy transition alone is about $100 billion US dollar per year investment opportunity. And again, our firms that have had a huge track record in implementing things like um, uh, water purification, desalination, uh, smart grid systems, they're all in, in good position. Jai, I'm going to try and link a couple of issues here, or at least I'm going to try. If I'm wrong, just tell me I'm wrong. Um, you talked about how the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement will play a huge part where manufacturing and what caught my attention was pharmaceuticals and the potential in pharmaceuticals. Yet the COVID situation in Africa isn't the best. The WHO has said that it's missed its vaccination target. I believe over there is just like 4% or, or something like that. At the same time, the African Union has said on Tuesday, in fact, no, I beg your pardon. The African Union has said about a month ago that it wants to begin a fair shot at market access to buy vaccines. How can this agreement help in this area? Would it attract more companies or more, yeah, more companies, in fact, to go to Africa to sort of solve this problem? It will. In fact, we are already seeing new investments going into the area of pharmaceuticals as well as, you know, consumables, you know, medical consumables production in Africa. You're right, all those figures are pretty spot on. There's a huge deficit in the local production. And I think the, the African governments, you know, are, are taking the matter into their own hands, as they have been doing in other sectors previously. But obviously the pandemic has, you know, catalyzed this move towards driving investments into, into this area, into pharmaceuticals, into medical consumables. The trend is, is happening. It will take some time, obviously, for, for new companies to go and set up shops. And we've even seen firms from Singapore actually getting involved in new new, uh, pharma projects in West Africa. Right. So wherever there are deficiencies, there's actually an opportunity to go in and plug the gaps. You mentioned technology, which, of course, has been accelerated in terms of growth during the COVID-19 era. However, Singapore businesses do need to be mindful, don't they, that digital transformation is not uniform across the continent. There are still gaps in coverage and access. So certainly investments to build and maintain digital infrastructure, these are opportunities for Singapore companies. But I want to talk about the quality of basic infrastructure, not just digital infrastructure. The economic growth of any country we know is very much dependent on basic infrastructure as well. We're talking about sanitation and clean water, fundamental things, right? I know that there is at least one Singapore company, Sabana Jurong, which is establishing a presence in the region to help in this regard. But clearly more needs to be done, right? It's not all a bed of roses if you want to operate properly in Africa. You're absolutely right, Bharati. There's a lot more to be done across the continent in, in terms of the infrastructure development. I should also add that, you know, by and large, much of the population in, in Africa, and I'm speaking generally across the continent, is still rural. But, and this actually presents both an opportunity and challenge. It is the 
Africa is the fastest urbanizing continent in the world today. So you, there are millions of, of people moving from the rural parts, from the agrarian economy into urban centers. And this is going to put tremendous pressure on the, on the cities. And, and this is where I think we will see the, the immediate need for lots of infrastructure development. You mentioned it, housing, affordable housing, actually, water, sanitation, uh, power grid. And, and these are certainly, and especially when you're talking about the cityscape, I think these are where, this is where Singapore firms, as you mentioned, Subana, Jurong, and there are others in smart building solutions have a very, very important role to play. I mean, it's great also that Africa has some very important institutions like the African Development Bank, you mentioned the African Union, that are trying and quite successfully to mobilize investments into these areas. It is a priority for the continent. Jay, could you comment on the need for technological advancement? I know you talked about it a little bit early on, but here in Singapore, there's always a common issue that we don't have enough digital expertise. Does this mean that by going into Africa, we are at a higher level? And because of that, it gives us a longer runway to develop our own Singaporean digital expertise. Well, the good thing about digital solutions, you know, is that they are highly exportable. And we've seen this from companies, from startups, early stage companies, SMEs. They develop the solutions here in Singapore and are able to deploy these to approve a concept, pilots, and able to service their clients and customers far away in Africa. This is the beauty of the digital economy. Obviously, as the projects grow in scale, the firms will have to set up a local presence on the continent to service it much more closely. Okay. But we, we've seen this ability to arbitrage the talent and the, the infrastructure here in Singapore and be able to deploy this across various client situations in Africa. And I, and I go back to a point that I made earlier. Mm. We have to really take advantage of this very high regard that many of the African states have for the technologies that are coming out of Singapore. Uh, there's huge regard for, for that. And and we should really take advantage of it, and, and our companies are doing so. Jay, I'm just wondering about the usual problems that businesses face whenever they go into a new country or a different country. <clears throat> the question of dealing with the bureaucracy and the red tape, how do you help Singapore businesses through all of this? You're right. You know, one of the things that Enterprise Singapore does, and we have three offices in Africa, in, in, in Accra, in Ghana, in, in Nairobi, in Kenya, in Johannesburg, in South Africa. One of the things that we spend a fair deal of time on is really helping the Singapore firms navigate what you just mentioned. A good way to reduce, I don't think it's, it, you know, I don't think you can eliminate it, but you can certainly reduce the kind of friction that you have in bureaucracy by identifying the right partners. You know, the local partners is critical in, in the success of many of the projects. So we spend a good time, a portion of time validating the partners and then helping the firms, the Singapore firms, really engage, discuss and, and hopefully close the projects. Patience, yes, we do need it. But I think, like I said, language across much of the continent is English is spoken. So that really helps reduce the barriers. Travel, obviously, doesn't, it's not happening these days, so that, that's an additional barrier. But the firms on both sides really have, you know, have adopted the digital modes and we have been able to conclude quite a few projects this year. You know, we just have to stick it out, spend the time, do the necessary research, identify the right partners, and things 
usually go well. Jai, does this mean that Singapore firms still need to be encouraged to tap into the opportunities in Africa? I think it's a constant refrain that we have. In fact, in the, I think the pandemic, it has, in a way, you know, a silver lining. Singapore firms have had more time and more space to consider markets that they previously probably wouldn't have considered, including Africa. And just to give you a sense, in 2020, Enterprise Singapore actually facilitated 20% more projects in Africa than we did in 2019. So in the midst of the pandemic, we actually saw an increase in the number of Singapore firms successfully concluding projects. And the pandemic has also, I think, reminded, underscored the fact that the, the Singapore market is small. It's a limited market. Yeah. And really, the, you know, it's uh, the imperative to internationalize and to diversify uh, markets has really come through strongly. And we're seeing that from the response of the Singapore companies. Now, while COVID-19 indeed has created a lot of opportunities, not just in Africa, but, you know, the world over, it has also fueled a lot of apprehensions and especially with Africa's struggle with COVID-19 making headlines every now and then, some business people might be a little more concerned or a little more thoughtful about going into a country like Africa this time. What exactly should they be taking note of as they enter the country during this tenuous period for not just Africa, but the world over? And uh, how exactly can they get started here? I think the fundamentals remain the same. I think it really is about determining the addressable market, identifying the right partners, and being serious and committed to the the undertaking at hand. You know, travel, as I mentioned, you know, is, is pretty much still restricted today between Singapore and Africa. And lots of the business is now being conducted virtually. And so that shouldn't stop the full volume. And we continue to see good interest that way. It may take a little while longer than it would if we could go and meet our partners physically. Uh, but we're still seeing a good interest come through. In terms of, of, of any concerns that the companies have, yes, they may be a little bit more exacerbated during this time, but we're there on the ground. In Africa, our teams are out there powering for projects, uh, keeping our contacts warm. And so, you know, this is the word out to the Singapore firms, you know, to please reach out to Enterprise Singapore. We'll help you uh, navigate those markets and keep those uh, leads alive. We've been speaking with G. Jayakrishnan, who is Global Markets Executive Director, Middle East and Africa, Central Asia and Central and Eastern Europe for Enterprise Singapore. Jay, I appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.